He's Christian. He's Jimmer. This, this is, is two BTs. And a bag of chips. And three bags three of chips. Three bags of chips. This is going to be a crazy episode. This is a very highly specialized episode. We can't thank the, well, Matt and his wife enough for bringing in three specific flavors for Schleppen us. Yeah. is all the way back from Ireland. They're all in surprisingly good shape considering the uh, the state of transported chips we've had I'm, I'm in the think, past. I'm thinking these have been on uh, Carry On. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, today we're going to be covering shin splints, also known as tibial stress reaction, and we're going to cover what we're calling the Irish Trio, which is the Tato Smoky Bacon, the KP Megaminis, which is pickle onion flavored, and the O'Donnell's of Tipperary Irish Cider Vinegar and Sea Salt. Yeah. The Tatos are also known as Brioschen Fratai Vau Blas Baguin de Tate, which is Gaelic, I'm assuming, for... Yeah. Smoky bacon Smoky chips <laughs> would be my guess. That is Maybe the they're guess. just messing with us. Maybe they are. Uh, tibial stress reaction is, is the more formal name for a shin splints. Splint. So we kind of see a little bit of two sort of shin splints. One will be the muscle, which is tibialis anterior, which is the muscle that sits right along the front of your shin. And that can get irritated or strained or bothered just like any other muscle in your body. When that's the case, treatment is, is a little quicker than if you actually have a true tibial stress reaction, which is basically the precursor to a stress fracture. Yes. This is a very common problem with runners. Um, it's, a, it's a very common problem with sprinters. This is something that is usually an, over, an overload or an overuse problem or where there's some mechanical weaknesses involved. Um, I remember a case about two years ago when Newtons came out, which was a running shoe in Boulder. That was more like six years ago. Yes, like I said, two years ago, because I'm not that old. This was a, a four-foot running shoe, right? We, everybody had to go away from heel striking, so we all went to four-foot running, four-foot toe running, toe landing. And the Newton shoe came out, and before you knew it, half of Rocky Mountain Tri Club came in with shin splints. So a lot of times, if you have shin splints, there's a mechanical component that needs to be addressed. So just fixing the inflammation um, is usually not enough. We have to do a, a mechanical assessment, a running assessment, what have you, to figure out, okay, why why is my shin all of a sudden getting irritated? Why is my muscle use, being overused so much? Yeah, so shoe wear is, is a huge component in these. Uh, with the sprinters that we tend to see, their shoes are not very cushioned at all. And if you do large amounts of training in those shoes, there's not a lot of force absorption by your shoe. And sometimes if you just go to training in a in a typical running shoe, that can do a lot to alleviate your symptoms in those cases. Yep. The reverse is true as well. When If you're dealing with people who are normally distance runners and they start doing some track work and they hit the track, they're not used to wearing cleats or flats, um, that, that can cause a problem as well. And a lot of times, just surface and running, if, if you're used to running you know, on dirt paths or, or gravel or something that's a little loose and has a little more absorption, and then you start running on a track or you start running on you know, concrete or, or asphalt or sidewalk, that kind of change can do a lot, as well as the curvature of the road. That's, That's another big one. Big one. Yep. And so if you run the same route every single day, and so, you know, every curve is designed so that water doesn't pool on it, so there's a little bit of a curvature to it, and you run on the left side of the road every single time, and you make left-hand turns every single time, that is a formula that will also lead to to issues. And so sometimes you run the loop to the left and sometimes to the right or counterclockwise, clockwise, whatever you're thinking. If you mix it up enough, you can change that patterning enough and get rid of some of that 
stress. Just like anything else, overuse is caused by repetitiveness, right? So if you can break things up a little bit, so mix in dirt with trail, with track, and make sure you wear the appropriate shoes. Keep, keep an eye on what the wear level of your shoes is. And the, the wear doesn't necessarily mean that the sole is worn down. The, the intrinsic box structure of the shoe will break down as well. So, you know, log miles on your shoes. If you're over 200 and 250 miles on pavement, it's time to look at a new pair of shoes, even though the sole might still look really good. And even if they look like great shoes, I mean, they look awesome. You look super fast in them. Sometimes it's not the best shoe for you, and that's hard to get past sometimes. Yes. Yeah, especially if you're used to using the same shoe. People get married to their shoes like people get married to their cars, right? So if you've always run in Asics, <clears throat> it's hard to understand that maybe Asics isn't the right shoe for you, and you need to switch to a Brooks or a New Balance or... Definitely. And unfortunately, that changes um, as we change in life, as our body shape changes and that sort of stuff, or just as our type of running changes. If you're used to running, you know, three miles and now you ramp it up and you want to start running for, a, you know, a 10K or a half marathon or a marathon or whatever, when you change the lengths that you're running, I mean, you're going to run through your shoes faster, but you also need to be aware of anything that irritates you in three miles is really going to irritate you in five or 10 or 12 miles. And so... Sometimes you got to change things up and uh, find a, a shoe or, or do something that's going to work better for you. Yep. And coming back to something that Christian touched on earlier, you, your foot structure will change over time, right? And, and a great example of that is pregnancy. So if you're postpartum and you've had a little baby and you haven't done anything for six, nine months and you start picking up sh running again, your foot will change. Uh, some women say their feet may have grown by a size. There's less intrinsic stability in the in the forefoot and the midfoot. So these are all things that might play a role in why all of a sudden you're having pain when you're running. The good news, most of the great long distance female runners have all been through pregnancy and they say that somehow that helps you. Something about pregnancy helps you with endurance. Really? So not all bad if you have to change I'm gonna your shoes I'm going to have to give out. that a shot. Yeah, you're going to try to yeah. get, get pregnant here, improve your endurance a little I'm, bit. I'm, it may... The, the thought has crossed my mind. I'm sure that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger will give you some tips. Yes, I bet he will. <laughs> he's, he's good at that sort of stuff <laughs> for sure. That was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, Halloween costumes. Did that, anyone see a junior this year? I don't think so. I didn't see any. I saw some fascinating year. costumes out there. Pe people go all out. They do go all out. That's a good point. Not, not, not our gig. Not ours. We're not into the costume thing. Not a big fan of the Halloween Rem here. Remember episode one, The Clowns? Not doing it. Not doing it. So last week's trivia question, the smallest bone in the body. Yes, that was a good one. This week, the answer to that trivia question is going to be the stirrup. In the inner ear. Which is one of the three small bones that makes up basically your ability to hear. So yes. That's exciting. That with the tympanic membrane and a bunch of other nerves and whatnot. There's the anvil and but, the... You know, hardware... The stirrup, the well, smallest one you can Well get. put, my friend. So a new question for this week. We're going to actually have to thank Dr. John Parker for that one. Yes. He's not actually a doctor, but he feels he like could it be. when he's here. He's a rocket scientist. Yeah, which is... Like a real one. Yeah, which is exciting. Yeah. John Parker. So he asked us this week, what is the significance of the 37th parallel in the United States of America? And there are two possible answers, both, both which are correct. So if you look at the 37th meridian or parallel, give, give us your thoughts. Now, 
we're kind of disappointed at the turnout that we've been getting. So we need you guys. We know there's a lot of really bright people out there listening to our show. We need you guys to start sending in some answers. And we may even, you know. Hand out some chips. Yeah. Like, like a bag that we've opened. Like a bag that we have opened, the, the chip gurus. It's basically as good as a game-worn jersey. I would think it's better. Probably better. Because you can't eat a game-worn jersey. Can't you, just can, you can only, like, put it up on the wall. But this you can eat. This. So please, send us your answers. doesn't matter if they're wrong. We're not going to make fun of you. Instagram, Twitter, Probably. email, call them in. Stop by the clinic. We'll take it all. Yeah. It is now turbo chip time. Ooh, this is exciting. What are we going to start with? Well, we've got the, the, the three chips here. We'll just say left to right. We've got the O'Donnell's, which is the cider, vinegar, and sea salt flavor. That came in with a chip to ratio of 50%. That's pretty good. The Mega Meanies, which is kind of a puffed chip yeah. thing. It's a little different, not a traditional looking. It looks a little like a humka, but without the waffle pattern. Yeah, and this is pickled onion flavor. That came in at a 50% or 60, sorry, 60% chip to ratio. And then the Tato which has a funny little potato that's smiling with a shirt and tie and a he little hat like, on. He looks like a Mr. Potato Head, but then Irish. He came in at 40%, so. So only got three fingers. wonder why potatoes only have three fingers. That's a good point. Most cartoons only have three fingers. Easier to draw? Yeah. Must be. The Simpsons are like that. Yeah. Futurama? I don't even know. But uh, that's a commonality. All right, we start with the O'Donnells. O'Donnells. Dana, these are the... Oh, that was a double one. Wow, that's a good chip. That's super crispy. Yeah. Nice and firm. Good vinegar flavor. Solid. Yeah. I'm liking mm. this one. That's the best vinegar chip we've had yet. Yeah. I'll give that. That's high on the list. That's, that's for sure. easy at two thumbs up. No, that's an easy two. Now we're going to have to drink some water, right? I think we're going to have to gargle. Cleanse. I mean, that's a pretty solid vinegar flavor. Because now we're going to go to pickled onion, which will probably be a little vinegary, too. I would think so. So yeah. these are the little puffy ones. Yep. The Megamini. Hmm. They remind me a little bit of nibbets. Do you remember the nibbets in the Netherlands growing yeah, yeah. up? The little green and red and... They kind of look like antlers or sticky. hands. Or, I don't know what they are. They're they almost off. look like the Mr. Potato Head hands. Yeah. Yeah, they're... Um, I'm not really liking them. Uh, it's the onion. I'm not a big onion guy. Yeah, no, it's like the sour cream and onion. Yeah. Sorry. Um, this one's going to be um, is a one thumb down for me. It's a one thumb down. Wow. I'm Try just going to give that. it I'm gonna give it one <clears throat> thumb. Try to get that flavor out of your mouth. I mean, it's not It's not gross, but it's not It's not very good. Sorry, it's, Megaminis. It's pretty close to gross. I mean, the photo's kind of throwing me off, too. That's not a happy-looking guy. No, that's a mean dude. Well, I guess it goes with the meanies. Yeah, it's it a, it's a mean-looking blob. Yeah. He looks like somebody from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> he does. Who's constipated. Yes. Hopefully these aren't from his... Never mind. <laughs> Tatoes, here we come. I'm looking forward to these, the bacon. Look at the size of this chip. I'm excited. The chip is not as firm as the O'Donnell. No. And I don't get bacon. No, I get more of like a, like a smoky cheese almost. Yeah, like... There's like certainly a, a salt to it. Rembrandt cheese. Hmm. I keep trying to find bacon, but it's not there. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling bacon either. No, this one is... Um, it's all right. It's better than the Megamini. I'm going to go back to the uh, O'Donnell's. God, those are good. The O'Donnell's are good. 
I think I have to redo my Mega Mini. That might, I mean, it might be a one thumb down. You're, I think you're right on that. Yeah. The Smoky Bacon is not a bad chip. No, it's not as crisp as the O'Donnell. No. So Smoky Bacon, one thumb. Mega yeah. Mini's one thumb down. Yeah. O'Donnell's definite two thumbs. Two thumbs on the O'Donnell. That bag's going to be finished by the time we're done here. I'm enjoying the O'Donnell's for sure. You have to talk now, so I'm going to keep eating. Right. Thanks for listening today, guys. Next week we have a, uh, well, it's Thanksgiving week. That's so right. we're going to do a Thanksgiving flavored turkey and gravy potato chip. That's going to be really good. Apparently they're very good. I, I don't know. We'll see. We're also going to go over kind of rotator cuff injury. So this will be specific to tendonitis, tendinosis, rotator cuff tears, pre-surgical, post-surgical, kind of covering the whole gambit related to rotator cuff. So really getting a little bit more specific on that injury this time around. Sounds good. Anyone looking for information on us, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. If you like the show today, give us a five-star review. We really always appreciate that. Here's Jimmer. Keep sending those answers. Yes, send the answers, please. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.